Hi, everybody. Welcome back to yet another cracking installment of the Map Round Show. This is the Secrets of Fail series where we're talking about our business failures, you know, the things we hate to talk about, <laughs> especially on uh, LinkedIn. Uh, go figure. Uh, with me on the line in the hot seat uh, is none other than Patrick Curtis, the CEO of a very interesting uh, brand uh, called uh, Wall Street Oasis, which we're going to get into right now. So uh, well, thanks for being here, buddy. No, I appreciate you having me. Thanks so much. So let's uh, kick us off, Bud, with the uh, elevator pitch. What do we need to know about Wall Street Oasis? Sure. Wall Street Oasis is the largest online community focused on careers in finance. We um, have a very vibrant community, been around for about 16 years. And primarily, we sell online financial modeling training courses. Um, we do um, resume reviews, mentorships, but primarily helping students and young finance professionals kind of advance in their careers. Okay, so what's the problem there? It seems quite nuanced. Uh, the problem is, you know, kids in college don't really know um, what or how difficult it is to get in, or they don't really have the tools necessary. So especially now, as banks are recruiting early and early, they need to know by like end of freshman year that they're going to actually try for this. And so if they don't, if they get to the end of their sophomore year and they realize, wait a second, recruiting already happened for junior summers and everyone gets the job full time coming out of junior summer. So it's a it's an education issue. It's a timing issue. It's a letting people even know that this is an option for them. It's um, and given that it's one of the highest paying careers right out of college, I think there's there's a lot of demand to, to get into these roles. So, OK, fantastic. So let's get into it. Uh, what is your story of fail for our viewers around the world today? Yeah, so my story of fail is um, well, we started Wall Street Oasis in 2006. We tried to launch a second community around legal careers because we thought, oh, we're so good at this community thing, and <laughs> you know, like, oh, this is going to be easy now. We've learned so many things in our first, you know, five-ish years of of uh, running Wall Street Oasis that you know, running a legal community will it'll just work because uh, we 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 kind of understand all the tricks and and all the tactics and. So um, we tried launching in 2011 and never got like even like a couple hundred, I think it was like a couple hundred users or something like that versus like, you know, we were over 900,000 on Wall Street Oasis, but I think it was like 300 users or something after like several months of like slamming our heads against the wall. <laughs> so we just couldn't get the traction um, and ended up kind of just letting it, letting it go after I'd say about a year, a uh, year or so uh, of, of trying and trying and relaunching and relaunching and just couldn't get it going. Mm. So what did that experience teach you? Like, why did it go south? I mean, surely, surely, if you copy-paste your systems over into another niche, <laughs> it should work, right? Yeah, I think there's a couple reasons. One was, um, I think, just not having worked in law. Like, you, you, <laughs> it was probably one thing. Like, I came from the finance background, so it was kind of easier for me to make the jokes and initially kind of just make it feel more authentic. I think also our, um, our like flow to getting new people to sign up wasn't as good as we had for wall street oasis. So wall street oasis, we had like a compensation survey where people get like, Hey, you want to see what everyone else gets paid? Just sign up and we'll give it to you. I don't feel like we had that carrot as dialed in for the legal side and people, cause everyone's getting paid like very similar things. So no one really cared to know that. And we never really found a good kind of carrot to get them across the, uh, across the registration line, which is kind of, uh, kind of important when you're depending on people to comment and participate in a community to build a two-sided, you know, marketplace mm -hmm. of questions and answers. So there was that. What did that cost you? Um, all in with like 
not probably not that much in terms of like actual spend, like servers and developers and all that stuff. Uh, probably about like twenty thousand in hard mm. uh, hard costs, but time. <laughs> Time much more probably closer to like several hundred thousand dollars uh, <laughs> um, in terms of like, you know, I could have had focus on the original business on Wall Street Oasis, building out more products, more services. We could have gone in financial modeling training much earlier, which would have been much more lucrative. We found out many years later. <laughs> um, so it was one of those things that are like definitely a huge cost and opportunity cost um, for, oh. for going that way. Let's go back in time. What would you do differently knowing what you know now? I probably wouldn't try. Um, <laughs> but if I did try, um, I would definitely try to dial in the the user flow and get better, you know, probably just talk to a lot more lawyers and people who are trying to figure out, like figure out what that m- biggest pain point is around, like what would be interesting to hear about or know about, um, you know, in terms of like, would be enough to get you across the finish line just to sign up and to participate. Then I'd probably get better at like having recruiting like 20 ish people in there that are um, maybe some somehow incentivized to be like creating discussions and just, just even off topic, just creating some activity uh, would probably be the second thing I would do. And the third thing I would do is I wouldn't try to even have forum containers. It would just be all one forum. So like, you know, that's one thing I think a lot of, a lot of people who are like designing communities, they're like, I'm going to have this topic and then this topic. And then like, what happens is they just slice it too many ways. And then there's like only one new topic in each bucket, like every two weeks or something. And it's, it dies. So I would just keep it all one bucket initially, just see if we can get traction going in that one bucket and uh, kind of go from there. So what have you learned about, um, choosing a niche <clears throat> so obviously you've niched into the financial space which is interesting yeah um and then you tried law that failed so you know what have you learned about choosing a niche like how do you know i i use the term niche not niche yeah. niche or niche or, yeah whatever you want <laughs> so to call niche it niche dude you could choose one for me <laughs> uh you know i'm showing my african colors here but um you know what uh, what is what's the secret to choosing a winning niche yeah i think um you definitely want people who are are going through something similar that has obviously like a big enough pain point or interest or, you know, people like to talk about it. So like, I think if it's around a very specific hobby, like if you're a new entrepreneur and you're trying to do this, I think the more kind of specific you can get to get really like um, really passionate fans around that niche. So for example, like there's a, there's an online community for almost anything you can imagine out there, but if like you're trying to build a new one, I think it's much better to start with 10 people that are like really, really passionate about it. That just like, maybe you're from all different parts of the world and you just create your own little community there and you're passionate about it. So like you're already create, you're, you're just doing it because you enjoy having those discussions with those nine other people. And so it's not like you're doing this necessarily like build a business, but like, that's probably so much more likely to succeed because you're actually just using it as a place to communicate with your buddies instead of like an email chain. It's like, hey, let's keep these discussions going about like, what are you doing for this? So like, let's say you're like, I don't know, I saw some random community, like custom drones or something like that. Like, hey guys, what are you doing for your motor here or whatever? What are you doing for your blades and this? And like having those questions up there and crawlable by Google suddenly starts, that's that's what's going to create, um, you know, discovery on the community. And that's what's going to create kind of that, that natural user flow. It won't feel... Uh, it'll feel authentic because that's something you're actually passionate about. And the people, the, the people you kind of initially get on there, on there are passionate and you don't need a lot of super users. 
you need like a handful of super users who are really passionate and want to spend a couple hours a day just chatting about this thing. So, yeah. So what's yeah. The, what's your secret to, you know, what would you put, hang your hat on in terms of the reason why you've been able to scale your, your financial community so well? I don't think we were boring. Um, I think we had a, a monkey theme. We had monkey, we had banana. People can give bananas to each other. They can give, uh, they throw monkey shit at each other. So I don't know if I can say shit, sorry. <laughs> but like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, so, <laughs> I went up to you, bro. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> so yeah, so basically we we weren't like the traditional finance, like stodgy thing. We're like, hey, these are for, this is for a younger finance audience, like people trying to break in. So we're not going to take ourselves so seriously. And I think that helped because- People kind of were laughing like, oh, you know, I got hit with monkey shit or like, oh, you know, I'm going to give you a silver banana. Just made it a little more fun. It also played a little bit on the um, this book, this famous book from back in the day called Monkey Business, where like it's basically saying all the analysts on Wall Street are like are basically monkeys just like hitting their keyboard all night and like getting getting work to the bone. But like it was just a play on that. And um, I think that helped because it, it, it almost made it a little bit more like a camaraderie, a little bit more like a fun community to be around. We didn't always like try to make it like it has to be about like career advice or, or whatever or something very technical. It was also like, hey, what are you doing this weekend? Hey, what's going on? And I think playing around with the culture a little bit and joking around and it was kind of like predated a lot of the fin meme stuff you see out there now on, on Instagram. Um, that's done really well. It was kind of like the the OG community around that. Um, yeah. so so that just don't suck less and don't be boring. Don't be boring. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like nobody wants to be like, part of a community that's like very like too buttoned up, you know, especially younger, younger crowd, like, come on, like we all, or most of them like to go out and have a good time. And um, so I think showing that, that personality and not being afraid of that um, and letting it thrive kind of helped. Awesome. Great stuff. Yeah. So what's your advice uh, to other CEOs, entrepreneurs uh, about failure? Yeah, I would say try to feel faster. Uh, like that's the, one of the big things is like, you know, really just being honest with yourself early in the process. Like if it's not taking off um, relatively fast, like it's very clear you don't have the product market fit or you just have miscalculated. Um, I think it's good to be honest with yourself. So, um, and just change, change course fast. Cause um, like one of the things you can just keep being like, well, they don't get it. They're, you know, you, you kind of start deluding yourself because to you, it makes so much sense, but maybe you haven't done enough user research. So it can kind of drag out. And I think that that was my case. So I just dragged it out. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's going to work. Like this is, the, you know, the legal community needs this. Um, I think it, I should have probably let it go earlier. And that's, that's something I, I still struggle with is I have a lot of ideas and I start lots of things, but then I don't kill them fast enough. <laughs> So we end up having like 15 businesses, 15 small businesses under one, right? Um, and so it, that's something I str- I still struggle with, but I think it's something that if I could uh, develop as a skill and some some advice I could give was try to really like recognize the opportunity cost of going down one path and mm. you know, not sticking to something you're already really good at. Yeah, exactly. Stick to your superhero people. Yeah, you know, exactly. Your superpower rather. Cool. Um, so do, are there any books or resources or tools you recommend other founder entrepreneurs, CEOs should use on their journeys? Yeah, I'm sure you've heard a lot of these. Um, but you know, I, I we use Trello for our dev team and just keep organized. Um, we use Slack for our, our whole team. I actually was on Skype, believe it or not, till like last year, a couple of years ago. <laughs> like the not the Skype team, not the for teams, like the old, old Skype. Like that yeah. my whole remote team was on that. But yeah, that was when I moved to Slack, I was like, oh, this is why it's so much better. It's just like the, the notifications integrations are awesome. Um, so I definitely recommend that. Um, in terms of uh books, you know, um, 
I think stuff on mindset's great. I think stuff on like four hour work week in terms of like the, the old school OG, yeah, Tim Ferriss books are always fun um, to kind of get people to think more of how to, how to test rapidly. Um, I think there was some great, some great chapters on that. Um, and there um, for the younger crowd that haven't heard of his stuff when it was, it was really popular. I think when we were growing up, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think, that's probably in terms of tools, you, I'd say Trello, Slack, and then, uh, yeah, book, maybe for our work week. Very good. Kind of all, good recommend, all good recommendations. Awesome great. stuff. Well, look, uh, thanks so much for being on the show, um, uh, Patrick. It's been great to, to have you here and, and to get your perspective on the subject of failure. So thank you once again, and thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you all again soon. Cheers. Appreciate it, Matt. Thank you. Thank you.